You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Coast to coast on a on a on a high note here. <laughs> How you doing, man? New day, new time, same coast to coast. I'm feeling good. What about you, Mark Gunnels? feel pretty good i feel better after a win but that didn't happen obviously that did not happen no it was prime time all the the stage was set uh it was very cold i, I got a text from you it was like pre-game maybe maybe yeah. be like first quarter yeah something like that it's about, like, it's about, it's about 30 minutes for the kickoff man it's uh Lambo is a special place. I see why people uh put it on their bu- their sports bucket lists every year like the experience, fan experience, the fan buy-in, the atmosphere, just everything around it, the tailgating. It it's uh I'm glad I got the real you know, like the snow and everything. I'm glad I glad I could be in the building for it. Obviously it wasn't a win, but uh it was still fun. And it was still even close. You know what I mean? Like it was still one of those games where it was like it came down to the end. How would you compare Lambo just overall to Arrowhead? Mm. Um, that's a, it's general, but I, I mean, they they both have like they're like cousins, you know what I mean? They they both are from a certain NFL era. They they definitely both have that fan buy-in that I was talking about. But Lambo has done a good job, and maybe this is something that Casey will look at. Uh, here soon or maybe for their next move potentially is all this talk about the Chiefs potentially moving somewhere like I think they did a good job of at Lambeau what I'm talking about like molding some like new parts of it adding like some updated touches like added some uh, their their title town area with like the tailgating and the uh, they have like an ice skating rink over there and there's like a a snow sled area too. Like they, they've done a good job of mixing the new school with the old school. And okay. it, it still has that feel of kind of that traditional NFL vibe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely my bucket list. I'm about to get out there one year just to get just to say, I went, it's one of those marquee venues that you want to go to like Wrigley field, uh, the big house in Michigan, you know, it's, it's in that elk for sure. I'm glad you didn't mention Allen field house. Oh, Alan Fields is definitely in that same oak. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know what else is on that list for me? What? AT&T Stadium, baby. That's where we're going to be for the Cotton Bowl. Shout out to the Missouri Tigers. <laughs> I have not been to AT&T Stadium. I've been outside, but I've never been inside. So this will be my first time walking around Jerry World, getting the feel. And where is where's KU going? Are going to the GoDaddy Bowl or, or something? I forgot. Yeah, they're playing UNLV, and um, I think it's the – it's in it's in Arizona for sure. You forgot the name? Uh, no, nah, I, I got the name, man. They're playing in the yeah. There we are. They're the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, Arizona against UNLV. They're fourteen point favorites. I got Barry Odom. Shout out the Tigers. For, former Missouri head coach Barry Odom got his mix his name in the mix for all these coaches of the year. Re- really stamp it off. He could be a even more of a true son here if he goes ahead and handles business in the guaranteed rate bowl against the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's get into it. Chiefs coast to coast arrowhead pride podcast network episode 67 with the guys, Mark Gunnels in LA, Aaron Ladd here in Kansas city, Steven Serta behind the board as we break down the chiefs offense going cold against the green Bay Packers in prime time. The good, the bad and the ugly from that one, Mark Gunnels in the fade Gunnels pack wins in Vegas. Let's go. 
I, I was <laughs> very excited about that. Mark Guttle stumbles himself in Vegas once again. We'll try and pick himself up by his bootstraps later in the episode, and then we'll dissect Kansas City's next game at Arrowhead against the visiting Buffalo Bills. Can't have Chiefs Coast to Coast without you all, the family, the listeners, the audience, uh, the faithful. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us, whether it's on X, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on YouTube, wherever it is. Let us know where you're listening from. Daniel Berry has already chimed in on YouTube, says, hey, we got a voicemail later in the show that we'll we'll play talking about kind of Mark Gun- Mark Gunnels's origins of a of a, being a Chiefs fan. Maybe his uh maybe he'll tell us like how he first uh became a Chiefs fan. Maybe we'll dig into that voicemail a little bit later if you want to be part of the show. 816-514-1267. Let's just get straight into the Chiefs recap. Mahomes avoids Chiefs recap. Twenty-seven, nineteen, the final. Packers over the Kansas City Chiefs. My first note on this game, as we try and dissect what went wrong for Kansas City, is another slow start. You posted on X, kind of something that I thought in the moment. It was almost a carbon copy of that Raiders opening, where in the Raiders game they go down fourteen nothing, and this one. It was 14-3, but after two offensive drives for the Green Bay Packers, Mark Gunnels, Jordan Love had more passing touchdowns than incompletions. Uh, It's something we had not expected maybe coming into this matchup, considering how well Kansas City's defense had played on the year. But once again, in this one, in prime time, Kansas City kind of has to get it going from behind. Yeah, and I think a lot of this had to do with Drew Tranquil going down early in the game. Uh, talking about your his backup middle linebacker in that situation, obviously, without Nick Bolton there. He had the green dot. And you could tell after – I know you were there live, so you probably didn't obviously didn't see the replays on TV. But there was multiple times where there was miscommunication. Like guys weren't sure where to line up. They were late and getting to their spots, and the, the Packers had already hiked the football – like th- that happened a lot and it, it allowed them to get some open running lanes and stay on schedule. And, and then at that point you're on your heels because now you don't know what they're going to do because they're so balanced, right? They're, they're mixing up the run in the past. So I, I think I really think that was a big, big reason why they had their worst performance defensively. And then obviously Brian cook going down also uh, not too long after. So, you're talking about your starting middle linebacker and one of your starting safeties. It's rough. And then you're already without Nick Bolton there. So you're getting really thin at linebacker. And then you're you're getting thin in the secondary as well. But, you know, at the same time, give the Packers credit. They had a good game plan. I thought maybe it was a situation where their scripted plays when they ran out, it, things are going to start kind of calming down a little bit. Because, you know, the scripted plays, you know, typically guys do well in that situation. We saw with the Raiders last week, and then after that, it was pretty much nothing rest of the game. But that wasn't the case this time, and you got to tip your cap, man. They've won three in a row, I believe, just fresh off beating the Lions a week before on Thanksgiving Day, and they look like they're going to be a playoff team in the NFC now. Yeah, Packers getting hot at the right time brought some heat to the frozen tundra. One of the things I think kind of added to the slow start for Kansas City was the woes in the red zone, Mark Gunnels. Kansas City goes... 13 plays, 60 yards on their opening possession, but just settles for three points after uh, the red zone sack. And then the second possession, there was two sacks once they got into the red zone. I posted one of them on X, just kind of a tough rep for tough rep for Jawan Taylor. And when Green Bay comes out firing the way they do, you want to match. You want to go. You want to go touchdown for touchdown, especially how efficient um, Jordan Love looked in those first two drives, picking up the third downs when they needed them. Kansas City's second offensive drive, 14 plays, 59 yards, and identically a 34-yard field goal for Harrison Bucker. I don't – I mean, Bucker's been playing lights out, but you obviously want the the offense to get seven points every time out there. This reminded me shades of that Denver Broncos game 
the one that they were in Kansas City for where KC just couldn't convert. I think that they were like missed on their five chances in the red zone that time. And like, this is who KC has been offensively, Mark Gunnels. They've been inconsistent. They've played well in between the 20s. And then once they get into the 20s, they haven't been on the same page enough. Whoever you want to blame it on, offensive line, wide receivers, Patrick Mahomes, whatever. They haven't been consistent enough to show us that they can do it time in, time out, matching their opponents when their opponents started at a hot pace like this. Yeah, and this didn't feel like the normal bad offensive game like we've seen before. Yeah, obviously they did stall out several times when they got in the red zone, but besides that, they were moving the ball generally the entire game. They only punt it one time. Now, I know the, the possessions were limited in this game. It wasn't like your typical, you get the ball 10, 9, 10 times. Yeah. Very limited. But at the same time, like I said, you only punt the ball one time. You had that crazy interception, obviously, that's been overanalyzed on X, uh, on the all 22s that came out, the throw to Sky Moore. Um, whose fault was it? Was it Mahomes' fault? Was it Sky Moore's fault? I think it was the coaching staff's fault because why are you even running that play in that situation anyway? <laughs> like we've seen time and time again that Mahomes and Sky Moore are not on the same page and you're driving, you're in Packers territory, a very, very crucial point in the game. And you, you're lucky you didn't got the ball back. Obviously, you didn't have that much time, no timeouts. But that was the drive right there to really put your stamp on it, take a lead, and rely on your defense to get a stop and win the game and get out of there. But just bad, bad, bad timing on that play call, in my opinion. And I think that was the ultimate nail in the coffin there for the Kansas City Chiefs in Green Bay. Casey did eventually get it going and and maybe some tinkering or some nitpicking at their offensive strategy or back to what you were saying about the, the coaching staff. Did Casey go for two too early? So they score on the Isaiah Pacheco uh, quick, no huddle, caught Green Bay lacking. They get the too many men on the field penalty driving and they convert in the red zone to start the second half. Green Bay matches it with the touchdown to Christian Watson and then KC is chasing points from then on out. I didn't dislike the two-point conversion when they did it. You were going to eventually need to go for two at some point mathematically, uh, trying to catch touchdowns or trying to chase points. Are you nitpicking there day after, money, money, quarterback? Are you looking at that as, I mean, obviously they lost the game and they still were going to need eight at the end, but did it go in the right order? Was the operation correct in your opinion? I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I think it's one of those hindsight 2020 things. If you're discrediting it, you know, I would have to see you in that moment and before it happened and you're like, no, don't do it. And then if they didn't, they didn't get it. Now you're like, Oh, see, I was right. But a lot of people would just typically do the hindsight thing in the moment. They didn't really mind them going for it, but the fact that they didn't get it now you're upset. So I'm not going to be one of those people. I was fine with it at the time and I'm still fine with it. I would have liked a better play call in the moment. I'm going to be well, honest. Yeah, I it was like the, the toss out left to Isaiah Pacheco behind the tight ends. Like I didn't, if, if I'm going for two, I kind of want to. I want it in my home's hands. That, that's what I was going to say. And also yeah. like uh, Andy Reid has talked about this in the past. Like when you're playing in those red zone situations, you're using like the boundaries kind of as some, you could, sometimes you can use it as an extra defender. Sometimes you can use it as like an extra offensive player. Like I want to spread it out as much as I can. I'm with you. I would, I, I didn't hate the decision, but I didn't love the play call. I think that the two point, two point conversions and obviously like executing in the red zone, like that's going to be something that we've talked about before. And we'll continue to talk about as this team gets closer to the playoffs. And here's the uh, thing, too. Here's yeah, go ahead. Quick. When you put the ball in Mahomes' hands in that situation, you have the option of him running the football as well. <laughs> and we've seen him time and time again. If nobody's open, he's not afraid to tuck it in and risk his body to get through, get across that goal line. I mean, remember that play? I don't think it was a two-point 
it was a touchdown. But remember last year against the Bengals, we did the Michael Jordan dunk uh, thing in Cincinnati where Tony Romo lost his mind. It's like, that's Michael Jordan. That's Michael Jordan. Like, he would he would do something like that in that moment. So I love having both those options in play. Can't talk Chiefs Packers without talking officiating. And I, I'm glad we're a couple days removed from it because – it was another one of those situations, at least from my perspective, at least from the 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 uh, echo chamber that I use on social media. Like there were there was a consensus that there were some missed calls down the stretch. Yes, the MVS one I thought was the most egregious. It looked like there was early contact made by the Packers def- defender there. The Mahomes running out of bounds, unnecessary roughness. I could see maybe where. Um, there is a little bit of both sides to it, but to me, if you're the defender, Mahomes is making no making no effort to continue to gain yardage. Like he's he's clearly headed for the sideline. Like you got to hold up there if you're Jonathan Owen. I don't think Simone Biles like that play very much. But throughout the game, right there was like a lot of there was a lot of ticky tack stuff. I think there was a holding on Creed Humphrey that came in and impacted the like. This crew was under the microscope. Let's hear from Marquez Valdez Scantling first about his perspective or his point of view on uh, that final play that uh, a lot of people think was a flag. The emotions after this one. You lost. That's good emotion. What'd you see on that last play? Like there was some contact there. I couldn't see anything because I was on the ground. You feel like it was a flag? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's up for the officials. I can't control what they do. Don't do. You think it should have been? I don't know, man. I didn't see it. I was on the ground, so I couldn't tell you. I know I tried to catch the ball, and I couldn't. <laughs> What's so funny? Because <laughs> it's just funny how he answered that question in a way where he won't get fined, but you can tell what he really wanted to say. Like, I mean, something, something new, man. I, I couldn't see it. I was on next day. I know I was on the ground, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, and I was on a different podcast and I talked about this as well. That is not why the chiefs lost this game. Sure. It was definitely a pass interference. 100%. But the Chiefs shouldn't have even been in that situation. Like not at all. And if you're at the point where you're you're begging for a flag just to even have a chance to tie the game, you didn't you didn't deserve to win because you still have to get the two point conversion, and you still haven't won. It's still a, just a tie at that point. And not to mention, if they call that flag, I believe it was around forty ish seconds on the clock. If you score on the next play. The Packers are going to have the ball with like 30-plus seconds, and all it needs is a field goal. And do you have trust in that defense to stop them and get in the field goal range with 30-plus seconds? I don't. So, yeah, sure. This should have been a flag 100%, but that's not one where I'm like, nah, that cost the Chiefs the game. That's not Saints-Rams a few years ago in the divisional round. That's not um, – yeah, it's, it's not one of them. I didn't see anything wrong with that Saints Rams play. Actually, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Oh, because you're you're a Falcons fan. I bet you. Yeah, I bet you did it. I had to. I had to find what's the correlation with that. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, let's hear from Travis Kelsey from the post game locker room. Didn't talk very long, but he gave us a few things on his perspective of that MVS play. Why he was rushing for Taylor Swift after the game? Went wrong today. Um, I mean, that's a good football team, and uh, they execute better than us. And that's the, uh, that's the bottom line. We just got to keep uh, keep rallying together and keep just uh, and just fighting and growing together, man. Looks like you had a pretty good year that passed to Mark Clare. I just wonder what your comments on I ain't going to blame this thing on anybody but ourselves, man. Didn't play well enough to win. And Casey has shown the propensity to be consistently inconsistent. And... Also, this is, and I said this on 610 earlier today, I'm doing dots on Tuesday at 2.30. Would love to have y'all there as well. But, like, KC's not a quick strike offense anymore, Mark. Like, when they're down eight, need to go the length of the field, score, and get two points, that's a large undertaking. It's not the same team that 
that was there for the 13 seconds where they could score in a blink of an eye and flip the field instantly. Like it takes them picking up third downs. It takes everybody working in unison. Like one of the things that really hurt in my opinion on that last drive, the first play is always so important of those drives when you need to go to length of the field, get the score, get the, get that, get that octopus, right? Isaiah Pacheco drops the first play. And then there's a lot of balls near the hash marks. Rasheed Rice got a catch where it's like you pick up eight yards, but you lose 15 seconds on that play. Like the routes are not even big play routes. If you see what I'm saying, like it's, it's not, it's not an offense currently that's consistent enough to that can go out there and score in a pinch like that. And sure. There's a couple flags that could have gone either way that didn't help them. But ultimately I think they have to look in the mirror on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But what I will say on a positive note, speaking of Isaiah Pacheco, they were able to run the ball very, very efficiently. I think that was a pretty welcome sign. And a lot of that stuff was between the the guards up, up the middle. You know, he had 110 yards on 18 carries with the touchdown. Run super, super hard as usual. I thought that was a welcome sign. This Packers defense isn't just Swiss cheese, no pun intended. So I, I do think. Come on, man. I, I do think. Uh, Come on, man. <laughs> you like that one. You love you like that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting really good at this thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that is something you could take away from this game moving forward. Now that you're in December, you're going to start playing in, in tougher elements as far as the weather, obviously, getting into January and playoff football. So I think having that in your back pocket, knowing that you can go to the frozen tundra or places like that. If you do have to go on the road, because we're going to talk about that one seed, it's not a guarantee you're going to have the Arrowhead Invitational this year. It's definitely up in the air, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But I just think that is something you can build on moving forward, and you can still sell yourself on the thought of, hey, we, we still don't have McCole Hardman. I'm not saying he's saving every. I'm not. I knew you were going to do that. I'm not saying he's the savior, but. That's still a different, that's still an element to your offense that you haven't seen since he came back with the jet sweeps and the, the trickeration and things of that nature, getting him out in space where you can have a, a little cheat code and get a 20 yard, 30 yards to, to jumpstart your offense. I don't think his speed has gone away. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying he's going to just be the end all be. What are you and saying, Mark? I think because it we, sounds like what you're saying to me is hold the presses, hold on, wait to judge this Chiefs offense. Don't write them off just yet. McCole Hardman is on the no, way. He that's the way. That's up. the way you. That's the way you want to take it. Everything is not looking good now, but just wait, hold on, just give McCole Hardman a few more weeks. Like, the, no. And honestly, I'll say this. Sky Moore had 66% of the snap share on offense last week. That's entirely too much, Mark Gunnels. Those should be Richie James's opportunities. I've seen enough of Sky Moore. I have no faith for the rest of the way that he is what it takes to get this Chiefs offense back on track. Well, for me, kinda, go ahead, go ahead. I'll finish, go ahead. I was going to say, you're kind of leaning to my point, though, because when McCall Harmon comes back, why can't he eat into some of those Sky sure. Moore snaps yeah, as well? sure. I just don't think McCole Hardman is going to be just the way you said it. It made it seem as if no. like, okay, well, that's how you messed up. When you're talking about it made it seem there isn't no made it seem you went to Mizzou, the top journalism school in the country. And you're talking about, you made it seem, no, tell me what I said. Don't give me that. It sounded like you said it like this. <laughs> like, no, we're getting real, tech, real technical on this show, man. <laughs> Okay, and not to me... mention, not to mention, Jarek McKinnon has been been out. You can poo poo it. I think that's to... I think that's who you should have led with instead. If you're talking about the Chiefs' offense being off track because of some guys who weren't out there in Sunday Night Football, don't tell me about McCole Harmon. Jarek McKinnon, yes, because on that last drive where you know Mahomes does have to take a couple dump downs. They go to CEH ultimately because Isaiah Pacheco had been disqualified at that point in time. So you go to the next running back in line, and Clyde has looked better. But if I'm talking about a dump-off situation where I'm trying to get yardage and move the ball down the field fast, I want one out there. And 
I hear you on that. I, I'm still, I know this is going to be a shocker, right? As we transition into our story about the Chiefs being Super Bowl contenders. A lot of people who see this game have seen the recent woes for the offense and say, you know what? I just don't know if this offense has what it takes with the guys who are out there now or granted when they get back to full speed, Mark Gunnels. I'm still a little yellow light on, on being out on them. I still think they can hoist another Lombardi trophy because it it's Mahomes. It's the offense. They're not as far away from like you convert in those first two drives. If you get a touchdown out of one of those two, we're looking at a one point game. Like the opportunities were there. They're still, and Andy Reid has said this from the podium before. I know it falls kind of in the, we've heard this, you know, show us what you've done for us lately category, but like, Offensively, they're still top 10, man. I mean, they're, they're still doing a lot of good things. The bones are still there. The framework of the good offense is still there. Hell, framework of the good defense is still there without some of their defensive starters. Like, they're not as far away as I think a lot of people want to think. Yes, they gave up 27 points, but that's the most points they give up to an opponent all year long. I think they use this last stretch of the season to kind of fatten up against some teams that are not as good as they are. They figure some things out offensively. But yeah, they right now they are kind of riding this roller coaster of uh, up and down, inconsistently or consistently inconsistent. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This offense is not that far away at all. I mean, if you, like you said, they were moving the ball. They were getting in the red zone consistently in Green Bay. They only punted one time. Let me say that one more time. They only punted the ball once Sunday night. But it's the execution in the most important moments when you get in the red zone, when you have a a crucial potential game swinging drive when you're in the Packers territory and you throw an interception uh, targeting Sky Moore. It's those little things, the penalties, when you get a first and 10, it goes from first and 10 to first and 20. Because like you mentioned before, this offense doesn't have the room for error to make up those deficits, right? In the past, first and 20, that was like nothing. Like, oh, I only need I need three plays to get 20 yards. They'll still they'll still get it. I don't feel that same way with this offense. They have to stay on schedule. And a lot of that goes on the tackles. Jawan Taylor and uh Donovan Smith, they've been penalized a lot this year. That is one thing that does concern me moving forward, considering the lack of explosiveness this offense has. So are they still Super Bowl contenders in your opinion? Yes, and it's it's a two-part thing for me. It's the fact that you still have Patrick Mahomes, and the bigger part for me is the AFC is watered down. So if you make it to the Super Bowl, how can I not call you a contender if you make it? Because if you look at the AFC right now, who can you say with full confidence you could say is just for sure better than the Chiefs? The Ravens without Mark Andrews that scored 13 points against the Chargers last week? I think the Dolphins are better. I mean, but you beat the Dolphins head to head. So I can I can tell myself, well, yeah, that's cool. But they haven't beat nobody over 500 yet. They beat up on these bad teams to look good. But when they play somebody good, they lose. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence is hurt now. I mean, I, I saw it's not as serious as we thought. But still, you lost to the Bengals yesterday. And he played most of that game. So that's not why they lost. It was a tie game when he got hurt. 
So they probably still would have lost that game even with him. I mean, who else? I don't know. So that's why I think the one seed for me is so important this year because if you get that, you obviously advance to the next round. But then the two, three most likely is going to be either a combination. Assuming, let's say, just say Chiefs are the one seed. Let's just do that just to make it easy. Let's say Chiefs are the one. <laughs> that's, I, a big, that's a big assumption, Mark Gunnell. That's a big assumption. I don't think it is, though. Because, because I think at this point for Kansas City to get the one seed, you got to win out the rest of the way. Well, and you, I think you can't very, lose another game. I think that's very possible. I mean, this is the hardest game this week against Buffalo. After this, you you play New England, the Raiders in Kansas City, the Bengals. They still they look pretty still solid, but I don't see Jake Browning coming to Arrowhead and winning. And then you end your season against the Chargers, who have already pretty much given up on their season. So I mean. To me, this is the game this week. I never want to get into it. But if you win this game, I do think they win out. And I think that'll be enough to get the one seed because they still need the Ravens and the Dolphins to at least lose one more time. But you need the Jags, too, as well. And that's already done. And you got the tiebreaker over them. That, that's why you only need one loss from each team because the Chiefs on a tiebreaker over all three of these teams. And the Ravens and Dolphins play each other. So they both cannot win out. It's impossible. So that cancels each other out. And the Ravens still have to play the 49ers in San Francisco. They have to play the Jaguars in Jacksonville. I feel pretty comfortable saying they're going to lose probably one of those games, probably to the Niners. And if the Dolphins don't, let's say the Dolphins beat the Ravens, whatever, okay, if that's the, the route it goes, they still have to play the Cowboys in the Bills. So while you don't technically control your own destiny, in a way I think you kind of do because if you went out, I think it's very, very likely you're the one seed. I think for Kansas City, it's too early to be start doing the the scoreboard math and try and piece things together. Like they have not played well enough to say, "Oh, well, we got this, this, and this." Like New England, sure, but at this point, KC can beat anybody, and I think they can almost get beaten by just about anybody outside of like the Carolinas and the New Englands of the world. Like I, I think pencil, I can't pencil in the Raiders as a win on, on Christmas Day. Not considering how they started the last game against the Raiders, no. I, I just, I, I've asked you this before. What's their most convincing win? The Bears. Okay, I'll I'll rest my point on that one as we go into our Chiefs preview. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Chiefs and Bills from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium Sunday, 325 kick. This is uh this is Buffalo's Super Bowl. Here it is once again. It's it's weird. They always Buffalo always seems to play their Super Bowl in December, Mark. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how that works. The shade is crazy. <laughs> let's uh let's do like a little injury roundup here with our new date and time recording Tuesdays at 5:30. We don't have your traditional Wednesday update but make attention pay attention to those as we're looking at the availabilities for drew tranquil who was being evaluated and left the game with a concussion against green bay brian cook who i did have a little bit of news on that i don't know if you saw the 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 post i put on x uh, about him and his ankle jeremy fowler reported that it's not broken andy reed kind of danced around that report but the official aaron ladd report mark gunnels is i saw brian cook in the lambeau visitors locker room after the game no air cast, no boot, no nothing on that on that injured left ankle. In fact, he had both of his Tims on. Wow. And, uh, I know if you're if you're a Tims wearer, right? Like you know it, those aren't the easiest shoes to get on, especially if they're brand new. These were not old Tims. Like I, I doubt Brian Cook had some old dusty <laughs> leather-worn Tims that he could just slip into. Like Tims, they they do have ankle support, but you got to get your ankle in there. I know sometimes, and I'm not a doctor, I just and pretending to play one on a podcast right now. Sometimes they'll say, like, if you put your shoe on or keep your shoe on, the ankle doesn't have as much room to swell up. So maybe he was doing something like that, but something to monitor uh, here for Brian Cook and his availability. And then Donovan Smith, who was made unavailable to the media. I think it was uh, listed as a neck injury for him coming out of Green Bay. Um, Kansas City 
let's just say the injury bug bit Kansas City in Sunday night football. Let's hear from Drew. Drew. Let's hear from Drew Tranquil's replacement, Jack Cochran. I don't know if it's his replacement, but it's his his teammate who stepped in, was second in the team in tackles in Green Bay, kind of talking about what went wrong in the loss on Sunday night. Did you grade your performance today? Um, I mean, not good enough to get the job done. Uh, at the end of the day, the individual performances are, are what they are, but we all come out here with one goal, and that's to get a win. Uh, we get that done tonight, so that's what I'm thinking about. Love looked very comfortable. What was missing from the defense tonight? Uh, they had a good plan. Um, you know, you can look at the schemes all you want, but what it comes down to, I think it's just execution and, and block, getting off blocks and tackling. And uh, I think my how you draw it up comes down to fundamentals, and I think they, they ex- out-executed their scheme better than, than we did tonight. So I, th- I thought we had a good plan. They had a good plan, too. And, Andy Reid made it absolutely clear in his like Monday Zoom. It was yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Cochran is not a backup. He's a guy that they see as someone who knows their scheme, has been in the scheme for a while, and can get guys in place. I know he was kind of thrown into the fire, uh, had some ups, had some downs. But if Drew Tranquil does have to miss some time and Nick Bolton's not ready yet, another guy will be monitoring his availability as he works back from that wrist injury. Jack Cochran's the guy wearing the green dot for KC, Mark Gunnels. Yeah, and that makes me um, really, really worried. Um, I mean, good kid, hard worker, you know, one of those. <laughs> good kid. First in the gym, last to leave type guys. I love, you know, I'm not the bad Scrappy. Yeah, scrappy, hard-nosed. Sneaky athletic. You're sick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, when you get down to your third string middle linebacker, how can you not have some type of concerns? You would be pretty naive not to. And like I told you, when they were showing on the broadcast several times of just miscommunication or not even maybe miscommunication, but late communication. I think that's a, probably a better way to say it. So, I mean – I guess the bright side would be if he did have to start this week is the fact that he did get those reps against the Packers. So he has that under, under his belt. They have some film to clean up and make, maybe they can get in, get their calls in quicker and things of that nature. So that is a positive, but at the same time, I, I'm really, really hoping, and I'm pretty optimistic actually that Nick Bolton will come back this week. Kansas City's defense. Look, it, it it's no secret. They were missing some guys and still are missing some guys as we look for, their practice statuses as the week goes on. But I thought there was a point in time, especially in the fourth quarter, where it was time for Kansas City's offense to pick up the defense. Like, yeah, they weren't playing a perfect game. They weren't pitching a shutout. They obviously started the game slow. But they held the game close long enough for Casey to have three opportunities in the fourth quarter to go ahead and score and take the lead. Like, you talked about Casey taking advantage of those situations where it was crunch time and usually we're used to, all right, they need four. They're going to go down there and get the, get the score. Uh, it hasn't looked that way uh, recently, and I wonder if that changes on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. I got their note here as desperate as they try and cling on to postseason hopes and this watered-down AFC, as Mark Gunnels calls it, stepped on. This ain't this ain't pure. This ain't that pure AFC that you used to. This is it's it's stepped on. The Buffalo Bills are currently six and six. I have them listed eleventh in the conference with head-to-head losses to Cincinnati and Denver. Uh, they got a lot of teams in front of them. If they want to win, I mean, if they want to get to the playoffs and, and win another Super Bowl, let's do a Super Bowl that they could possibly win this Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. Like they got to start stacking W's very quickly yeah i mean it's it's a must win for them i think this is essentially elimination game because if you look at their upcoming schedule it doesn't get much easier i mean after the chiefs they have to play dallas next week then after that you play the Chargers on the road you never know herbert still a team you just can't completely overlook and then they they end their year at miami so i mean that, that's the tough Four out of your last five games you have there. So I think you have to start here. And not to mention, it's the AFC game. And, and when it comes to tiebreakers and things like that, it's going to matter a lot. And Aaron, as you know, they're three and five in the AFC. 
That's their AFC record. You can't fall to three and six, and then you, you're looking at tiebreakers if you're like nine and eight. It's going to get really murky there because you got a lot of teams, like you said, that's ahead of them, and it's, it's going to get ugly in there. You got the Texans, the Broncos ahead of them, the Browns, the Colts. They're all like seven and five. The Broncos are six and six, and the Broncos beat the Bills head to head. So they're, they're playing behind the eight ball here. That's why this game does give me room for caution because they typically already play good. And Maverick is going crazy. Is right he now. a Bills fan? Is Mav a Bills fan? Is that what it comes down to? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, his mom just snatched him up, so hopefully he's, he's good now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, maybe Mav was was jovial because he he put in his uh, fade Gunnels ticket. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elise Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Oh, man, this has been a brutal year. I love how, like, you know, Mark Gunnels is on a million podcasts. When he's not on a million podcasts, he's also in space. And I've seen you flexing like your picks in other podcasts like oh man it's been a great year like oh my goodness like i've just been dominating pick them across my other other podcasts and then you come back here you come back to coast to coast and then you, you get humbled bro I, so let me tell you real quick and one of my other podcasts we don't care yeah. about your other podcast bro, i'm i'm second and we picked against the spread in every game every week and I'm second out of like twelve people. Maybe but, you know, maybe you know other teams better than you know the Chiefs at this point. That's what <laughs> I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe that you just you don't know KC. This is what happens when you don't check in. This is what happens when you don't oh come home. God, here you go. Here <laughs> Mark Cuddles went one and two last week. Here were his three plays. He uh, picked the Rasheed Rice over 47 and a half. That that number should should go up. That that should never be. I, I'm venturing to guess that 47 and a half will probably not. That'll change this upcoming week. Yeah, I'm not I'm not playing Rasheed Rice this week. Uh, and the two misses, which I told Butker over two and a half extra points. I mean, just, I bet when they started going for two, you were you were like, no. I was so mad, bro. <laughs> I wasn't mad. So, like, you know, we talked about it earlier. I wasn't mad, like, as just a football fan. Mm -hmm. But, like, for my picks, I was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) That's just free money. It's just a bad bet. I'll say it time and time again. So that was a miss. And then Mark took the Chiefs to cover the spread at six and a half. Kansas City lost by eight points. Sunday night football. One and two last week makes it 11, 24 and one. It is a dark, dark, dark hole that Mark is going to attempt to climb his way out of. Once again, this week with three more plays for our listeners, if they're even listening anymore to his plays. (laughs) Mark, this is nasty, bro. (laughs) You're so nasty. All right. So I'm going a little different route here. I'm taking a play on the over-under in this game. The total points is at 47 and a half. I like the under in this game. I, I think you're looking at like a 24 to 20 type game, 21-17-ish. I, I think back in Arrowhead, the defense gets back on track after a bad week. And the Bills have a really good defense as well. So I, I don't see this being some type of shootout. In Arrowhead, and with both teams playing for a lot, Chiefs playing for the one seed, the Bills fighting just to get in the playoffs. I, I think you see a very physical, defensive type of game. So I like that. And then also, this may surprise you a little bit. So the Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Bills to cover to two and a half. I, I think it's a really good chance the Bills win this game, as much as I don't want to say that. But I, I, I think they do cover. The two and a half points. Uh, I think this is going to be a really close game, like I just mentioned. I, I just the Bills come off a bye as well. Uh, I think that plays in their advantage. They should have probably beat the Eagles two weeks ago. They should have won that game. So I think you can still take a lot from that if you're Buffalo. And they've had success in Arrowhead the last couple of years in the regular season. So I think they come in here very, very confident. 
I think they cover that that small number of two and a half. And then my last play, I'm going to take the over on Kelsey receiving yards at 78 and a half. He's cleared this number in his last two games. I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift would be there in Arrowhead. I, I Just the magnitude of this game. He only had five targets in Green Bay and still cleared that number. I think you see his targets go up. I think they get creative and trying to get him the ball more against uh while this Bills defense is really good, they still do miss uh Milano, their their best cover linebacker in the middle. So I think there will be some opportunities for Kelsey to get some yak there. So those are my three plays. The under on the total points at 47 and a half, the Bills covering the two and a half point spread, and Kelsey over receiving yards at 78 and a half. I think this is one of your strongest tickets that you put in this year. Mark Gunnels delivers three more plays from Vegas. He's battered. He's bloody. He's bruised, but he's back for more as the Chiefs try and win Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Let's get to this voicemail really quickly. Kind of an interesting question. I actually don't know your answer to this, Mark Gunnels. Let's let, let's let's hear the voicemail, and then you can answer first. All right, so I was wondering, how long have you been a Chiefs fan for? Like, did you grow up around Kansas City? I've always just wondered. Thank you. Bye. It's because you never in KC. You know, people never see you in town. We, you always post you're just a kid from KC, and then, you know, you we never seen you around town. We never, you, you don't come check in. So what's the deal? Well, for those that don't know, I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, South Kansas City to be exact. I was just born into this, man. Um, I mean, I, as long as I can remember, I used to go to church every Sunday and I would be upset because it would last so long. It would go to like one o'clock. That'd be like halftime with the Chiefs game because the Chiefs weren't playing primetime back then, Aaron. I know you're not used to that, but they were playing noon games like regularly back in the day. So one o'clock was like halftime and I'll get back. It'd be like the the beginning of the third quarter i'm like they already missed the first half but i went with my grandparents they weren't playing that so and then the pastor would always like make a joke like i know you want to get back home to the chiefs game i'm wrap up here in 10 minutes then another 30 minutes go by i'm like come on bro like, <laughs> like come on stop lying mark you try to rush the lord man you can't you can't rush god he not on your time man service started nine why gonna be four hours <laughs> four hours is crazy but uh yeah man i was just born into it bro i don't have like a specific moment it was just just natural honestly one of the good things about traveling working with kshb going to lambo this past week is like i get to meet like a lot of different chiefs fans now and i think it's been fun like a lot of the people that i met this past week not from kansas city like a lot of omaha chiefs fans i've met a lot of chiefs fans from freaking milwaukee like kc is expanding into that realm now where like you've picked up a lot of bandwagon fans you've picked up a lot of casual fans as well like my grandma is in her 80s loves patrick mahomes because it's such an exciting brand of football it's something we've never really seen before they kind of have this heatles or this like dynasty feel to them so Yes, Mark was born into it, but it's okay if you're listening, rocking with us, and and maybe you have a different way of joining into the kingdom. That was how a dare, how dare you not mention the Swifties? It's true. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how I could miss that. That's that's the Chiefs' most loyal uh, followers right now. You you saw her walk into the stadium? Yeah, I like was wrapping up countdown to kickoff. Chiefs coast to coast. And they're not Chiefs Coast to Coast. Gosh darn it. I was wrapping up count at the kickoff on KSHB 41. You're home the Chiefs. When you have so many brands, man, it's, it's, and these two blacked out Chevys like drive right by. And I was like, I this is either Simone Biles or, yeah. or like Joe Biden. <laughs> and uh yeah, like they put her into like the exclusive entrance. You know, they they didn't she didn't go through the the gin pop gate. <laughs> and like just screaming fans hysteria like people talk about like pop stars and having that aura and like the, all the rabid fans and stuff like it's true <laughs> it was happening like i was gonna ask you like did you feel the aura like you felt it like did it no. go through your you, did you get chills in your in your body no i didn't oh, i did not okay. i did not it was so when, it wasn't like seeing like i was freezing cold so yeah i did 
I did get a couple of chills yeah. go through my body, <laughs> but none of it was from the aura. I'm sorry. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, nah, it was cool, and uh, I'm hoping for a good weekend. This weekend, we got Kansas, Missouri from Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday, and then – be there? I'll be anchoring. I, I'll miss this one. I went to the last two, and honestly, I'm expecting something similar to happen this time around, so uh, I'll be a- – <laughs> I'll be at the station this uh, this year, but I'll, I'll be out at Arrowhead on Sunday. What's your prediction this weekend? I think Bills win. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a agree with you. I don't think Kansas City's been playing well enough. I didn't I, say Bills win. I said Bills cover. By the way, I'm saying right now Bills win. The game's more important to them. I think Kansas City wants to get right, but it, I think they have to hit rock bottom first, and I still don't think that they've hit rock bottom. I really don't. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, it, it can go either way. It should be a fascinating game for sure. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 67 is in the books. We'll be back same time. That's Tuesdays at 530 here on Arrowhead Pride. For Mark Gunnels out in L.A., Steven Serta behind the board. I'm Aaron Ladd, Coast to Coast. We out. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.